Um, I think now it's time to go over to Sam. Uh, he's going to preach uh, uh, for us. And I think he's just such a, a man of faith. I think uh, I love the way he's so friendly and open and, and just so easy to listen to and to relate to. And I think I, I think his love for the church just shines through everything. His love for, for people to be united together and his passion. I think it's just fantastic. So why don't we go over to Sam? Good morning. It's really great to be with you this morning. We're going to be speaking over the next couple of weeks on the subject of racism. And I'm going to be speaking under the title this morning, The Reality of Racism. We're going to be joined by some members of our own church family who are going to come and share their own experience on this subject. Uh, wonderfully brave, but I believe uh, very impactive when we hear their story on this subject. And uh, we want this series to help us to um, journey as a church family on engaging well on this topic. This is a topic uh, which is not a new subject but has been uh, highlighted recently and something that we really want to engage in well. So just by way of introduction as well I wanted just to be really clear that we're going to focus in on this area specifically racism against black, Asian and minority ethnic groups. One of the pushbacks we've seen over the recent weeks to uh, when this topic has been talked about is, well, all lives matter, don't they? Everybody matters. Everybody's equal. Everybody deserves the same dignity and the same respect. And whilst we absolutely agree with that, we 100% agree with that sentiment, what we're doing with this series is we're creating an opportunity to talk about a subject that has not been talked about enough. We're going to not seek to dilute this subject. We're not going to seek to uh, detract away from this subject by adding other categories of discrimination in. We want to talk about racism against black, Asian and minority ethnic groups. And it's important just to say that from the off. We want to be really clear that we, we want to give some time and some space to uh, hearing the experiences of our brothers and sisters who uh, know this issue firsthand. And uh, we want to learn and grow and, and change even in how we engage with this topic. Obviously, many of us will be aware of the horrific incidents that have happened, uh, particularly in America, uh, George Floyd being one of the most prominent um, incidents that have happened where uh, the murder of George Floyd, which I'm not going to talk about much more because I'm aware that there'll be children uh, listening. But for a large number of us within the church family, we're able to look at that subject, we're able to look at uh, what happened in America, we're maybe even able to distance ourselves from that and say, well, that's something that has happened over there. It's not something that I've perhaps uh, ever experienced or witnessed racism. And uh, for many of us, I imagine we're, uh, we could even be surprised by the strength of feeling that has come from something like this. Obviously, a horrific incident, but uh, we've seen internationally that this subject has been uh, highlighted afresh and said, well, this isn't actually something that's isolated over there. And so we want to give some space and uh, time to talk about this subject. Racism is like, a, is like a wheat. And here's one fresh from my garden. If you were to walk into my garden and see this thistle, you would say, well, that is an obvious weed that sticks out. And uh, events like George Floyd, we would say, well, that, that's racism, that sticks out, that's, that's horrific, that's horrible, that has no place. But what we've also seen with the subject of racism is that not all racism is as obvious as this thistle. 
There is a subtle way in which racism has been allowed to grow. Racism has existed uh, even uh, less obvious than this. And any gardener will tell you that I can take the head off this thistle and uh, it will grow back. And the reason why it will grow back is because it's it has a strong root. It has roots that are established, roots that are uh, ever so present, even though less obvious. And unless uh, as a gardener we go digging and exploring for these roots, we go and seek to uh, find out uh, where these roots might exist, we're going to still have weeds. And so uh, with this topic, we want to look at uh, this whole area of racism, even in its most subtle areas, and ask the question, what is the reality of racism? And to do that, I want to firstly welcome Christabel, who's going to speak about her own experience on this subject. I moved from Zambia to the UK in 2004. And that time when I came here, I quickly noticed that actually racism does occur. I read about racism, I've seen it in, um, in films, but I never thought that it is so real. So immediately I noticed it. And uh, some of the examples when I used public transport, you see that actually no one doesn't, they don't want to sit next to you until the bus is full and they don't have anywhere to sit, then they can sit next to you and they're thinking, wow, what's wrong with this? And, and just the way, I think you are treated in, in your working place. I remember my first job where I worked. We were told that, I mean, I know that the UK, the way the system works with in terms of payment, you're paid according to your, uh, your hours and things like that, but we treated different. And quickly I noticed and I, I, I asked this, I challenged this. They said, oh, no, 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 this is how it's supposed, the contract that you signed. And I'm thinking this is wrong, and um, and so you quickly see that you're treated different. Um, I remember where I worked uh, at some point. We were not given keys to some areas because they thought we're coming from Africa. We are thieves and and all that. And and yeah, that's very sad. Um, from there, I went to university. You work hard. It's it's, it's amazing how people perceive things when you do well. See that you, somebody has written your paper, and if you don't do well, that's expected because, of course, that's what they expect from you. Yeah, so it's those things that you see that actually racism does occur. Even um, in terms of applying for jobs, we've talked this several times with my friends that if you use a white name, you are likely to get that job. Uh, opportunities in terms of mentoring you, giving you uh, ideas how to go about things. Yeah, so you quickly notice those things. So when we talk about opportunities, um, those are the things I talk about. And then um, what makes racism even very sad to people who experience it, people don't talk about it. And that's the same in the church and outside the church. I quickly noticed that it's a subject that people are so very uncomfortable to talk about. And if you don't listen to us, how are you going to help us? Or how are you going to know that this is real? So that becomes something very sad that people don't want to talk about it. Um, 
and it has to take people to die, uh, especially what we've seen recently in America, uh, that people now they want to talk about. And you're thinking, this is something that we've tried for so many years, several, uh, to have conversation with people. Now they want to talk about it. The COVID-19 is another thing where you see that it's showing how uh, other races are treated so different and it brings to light things that we've been talking about. In terms of church setting, especially being in a white-led church, there are so many things that even the church don't do. Firstly, you, we don't talk about racism in the church, which is very sad. And I think for white people and uh, black people in the church or brown people in the church, we also become so quiet about it because we don't know how they'll perceive us, whether they'll accept us. And so we try to blend in and sometimes you lose your own identity, which is very sad. Um, yeah, so there's so many opportunities that the church, even the secular world can do. Of course, the first thing is about talking about it and understanding the privileges that comes with being white. I think it's not about attacking people or making them guilty, but I think it's important for people to know that that makes a big difference. And it gives you a different way of life compared to people who are not. And so if we talk about it in the church, outside the church, in a gracious way, of course, there's so many things that needs to be talked about. and issues will come out like anger and forgiveness and so when we talk about those things in a gracious way will be help to help one another and as leaders of the church also when we talk of opportunities there's so many opportunities that they can give to black people or brown people within the church so i want to be represented by black people i'm glad that now people are talking about it though it's in a sad way that it has to take someone to die or what's happening with COVID-19 that people are talking about it. But it's okay. People can talk about it and learn more and yeah, educate ourselves more about racism. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Christabel. That was really helpful. And thank you for being so brave in sharing that. We really do appreciate it. So, how can we engage in this topic as a church family? Well, I want to go to the Bible and uh, to look at some verses from Acts chapter 6 to help us. There's uh, an example where the early church experienced this kind of discrimination and uh, racism. And so it's important that we kind of learn uh, from them. And I think this is really helpful for us to look at. So Acts chapter 6, we'll read the first seven Verses. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom you will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and uh, Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Proselyte means he's a, a convert, so not somebody of Jewish background. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid hands on them. 
And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great number of priests became obedient to the faith. So kind of like the beginning and the end of these uh, verses, it's, it's talking about the way that this church is really flourishing. The early church is experiencing huge amounts of growth. Uh, there's some really exciting things that are happening in the early days of the church. But there is a very obvious issue that has arisen within this diverse church. So let's first of all talk about the Hellenists. The Hellenists are Greek-speaking Jewish people, so they're from a different background to what would be the majority culture of the church, which is the Hebrew-speaking Jewish believers. And uh, what's happened is that the Hellenists are saying that there's a group within our community who have been overlooked uh, by the church. There's a group that have been um, that have been not as well cared for as everybody else that there's some widows within our community who are not being given food they're being ignored during the distribution of food i mean this is quite a serious issue that has arisen here and uh, for us to uh, truly understand this it'll be helpful for us to see well what is the predominant culture within our day and uh, we would say as a as uh, in the United Kingdom particularly, the predominant culture is white. And uh, what we've seen as part of this conversation about racism has arisen, that uh, being white comes with certain privileges because it's the predominant culture within the society that we live. Now, I don't think I was as aware of this before. I was not aware uh, completely before I started to explore this subject a little bit more. But by being white and living in this country, I started in a different position to other people. It gives me a head start in certain areas. Now, that does not detract away from working hard and, and seeking after things and, and growing personally. It's not about that. But we live in an unequal situation. I don't think I've always viewed something uh, like this before. I've, I've not fully understood this before, but we see this as well in Acts 6, where there's a predominant, there's a majority culture, and they've been blind to the needs of the minority culture within even their own church family. I don't believe they've done that intentionally, but the early church had a blind spot. They genuinely believed in the expression of, of one new humanity in Christ. We see that because of the way that their leaders wrote uh, about that, about this wonderful beauty of diversity. It's not something they've intentionally done, but in their outworking, they've missed uh, the viewpoint of the minority culture within their church family. And uh, what's really interesting as well is that there is uh, this complaint has arisen. This isn't just something that one or two individuals have brought to the attention of uh, somebody. There's a there's a, a general feel from uh, this community within the community uh, that they're um, that they're being overlooked. Now their experiences of that might differ, uh, but there is a general feeling that they are not being treated on par with others. And so this is something that the church needs to uh, be aware of. The church needs to seek to understand that, that understanding that we don't all come from the same viewpoint, understanding that there are other things at play and that by living in a particular culture, that can shape the way that people experience life differently. This is important for us to try and understand. 
And so the church leaders respond by acknowledging it, by listening to the complaint, and then uh, taking some time to adjust their practice and thinking on this subject. And uh, what's wonderful here is that we read that the that it, it was good. It seemed good to the whole church. The whole church. Thought, wow. Yeah. This is right. This is the right thing to do. This is something that you know we we perhaps didn't all see it, but now you've you've brought it to our attention. Absolutely. This is the right thing to do. That there is practical adjustment, uh, and that they are listening to one another. They are listening to the experiences of other people within their community and seeking to grow in this and so that's what we're starting to do with this series and uh, with that in mind I want to welcome Serena who's going to share some of her experience on this subject for us. Um, my first initial um, response of racism being highlighted was finally <laughs> Um, I just, I just feel that um, it's kind of like the elephant in the room where no one wants to talk about it, but it's still there. You know, for so many years, um, black people have suffered um, racial discrimination and it seemed to be normal, like that's just how you have to live. I feel that it does express itself a lot in um, the media. The media put black people in a very bad light. Um, movies, um, black people are seen as um, uh, aggressive. Uh, they kind of paint them like, okay, they're either drug dealers or gang members. That's my first experience, the earliest experience I had of racism when I was seven. I was walking down the street in my neighbourhood and um, this little boy, probably the same age me, a bit younger, um, just outright called me the N-word. And I remember looking, because he was walking with his mum at the time, looking at his mum, and his mum just gave me a dirty look and just kind of shrugged her shoulders like, what? And I remember feeling like, really? And I guess as I got older, I started questioning, you know, and thinking, well, where did that little boy learn such a word, for one? And how did he feel it was acceptable to just randomly you know, see someone on the street and um, call them such offensive words. Um, so it it did make me question a lot. And unfortunately, that wasn't the end because, you know, when I started school, um, we, you know, I suffered, well, myself and my friends who were in that, you know, the only black people in that year, they, um, the other children who were white decided, you know, they should just hurl racial abuse at us, like, more or less on a daily basis. And it was kind of acceptable. Um, we didn't feel we needed to tell the teachers or anything like that because we didn't think they'd listen anyway, which were, were quite true. And um, it was it was sad that this is how, you know, society was bringing up their children really growing up thinking okay well white people do not feel comfortable around me so therefore 
I need to just hang out with black friends really because at least I can be myself and not feel that um, I'm intimidating in any way um, so it was it was a hard lesson to learn it is very important to for parents to teach their children how to um, understand that you know you can't judge someone by the color of their skin um, you know teach your children that they don't judge people by the color of their skin that um, everyone is different there's going to be people with different skin tones to yourself but it doesn't mean that they're um, inferior to you parents need to educate themselves and then they need to educate their children that it's okay to be different just like there's so many different flowers um, with so many different colors different shapes the same way that there's people in this world that are different colors different shapes different sizes you know it doesn't mean they're not human just like a flower with the different colors they're um, still a flower so the same as human beings they're different colors different tones different shades um, different abilities but they're still human who told a certain race that they're higher than another race that wasn't God so that's obviously human beings that have put people in categories I just feel people need to re-educate themselves they need to look into the history need to see the roots of racism <laughs> Thank you so much, Serena. That was really great. Thank you for sharing with us. As we've seen already on this subject, that this is a multi-layered subject. Racism has a number of different factors at play, and we've not really had the opportunity to fully explore that together. There's historical implications, there's assumptions, there's stereotypes, there's a number of different things that we could have talked about this morning that we've not had the opportunity to do. As we said, this is a start of an ongoing conversation where we want to seek to learn and grow as a church family with um, being real about this subject, talking about the realities of this subject uh, and helping us to, to grow into a, the real diverse church that we're called to be that reflects this fantastic city that we're part of. And uh, one of the ways in which I think uh, we do that is by engaging in this conversation. We, uh, unity is not achieved by silence. That we we want to engage in this, and I think probably one of the examples that we've we've heard about before. And um, Ben Lindsay, who's written a, a, an excellent book, uh, let me just grab it. Is um, we need to talk about race. Ben Lindsay is a, a black pastor in a majority white church, and he talks about understanding the black experience in white majority churches it's a hugely hugely challenging book i would really encourage you to read it one of the things that he talks about in this book is that often uh, christians will uh, view color blindness as a positive thing you you may have even said it yourself well i don't really see color i see everybody the same and so i i don't even see color so i can't understand this whole idea of racism and and that might sound a positive thing, that we're demonstrating loving all races regardless. But there is a danger that if we are not conscious of some of the challenges, some of the realities of racism, that we also will ignore the real value that diversity brings to the church, the, the concern of different people, the joys and the fears as well uh, that, that is made up within this 
subject if we uh, just kind of put our fingers in our ears and say, well, actually, we just see everybody the same and we don't really understand this issue. There is so much more for us to learn that we can't be ignorant to these things and uh, we, we want to try and understand them much more. So before we pray, let me just say one final thing. We've been reflecting a little bit on this as a team and uh, very much at the heart of our vision as a church family is that we uh, believe that God has called us to be a diverse church, a church that is diverse in its makeup from ages and races and backgrounds and, and every area of diversity. That one day you'll be able to take a picture of Peterborough City Centre on a busy Saturday afternoon and then a picture of Life Church on a Sunday morning, put the two together and they'll look the same. That's what we believe we're called to build here in Peterborough. And uh, we've been reflecting on this in light of this subject and we have felt that as a team we, we want to apologise that we uh, have uh, pursued this area of our vision but we've perhaps uh, waited for things to happen rather than actively pursuing it as much as we have other areas of our vision. We've perhaps flirted with this idea a bit more. We've loved the sound of it, but we've perhaps not put the work into actually seeking to understand well, what might this look like? Who having the, these kind of conversations, thinking through what are the, some of the implications? What are, you know, a bit like the Act 6 moments. What are some of the challenges that people are facing within our community? What are some of the areas that need to change for us to grow and, uh, and be this diverse church that we believe God's called us to be. And so this is the start of that conversation. But we wanted to be really clear right from the offset of this series that we're saying well, we're sorry for that and we want to seek to grow. Would you help us to do that? One of the ways in which you can do that is by praying with us in just a moment. I would love for us to pray for us personally perhaps you feel personally challenged on this subject that this is perhaps an area that you've not given much thought to uh, perhaps you're somebody that's able to distance yourself from this subject as I talked about at the start well uh, let's pray that God would uh, by his grace uh, help us to engage more fully and uh, highlight areas in our life where we're uh, perhaps making assumptions where we're uh, where, where we're acting uh, in, in ways that are unhelpful. And uh, also I want to pray if you're somebody uh, who uh, is part of our church family who is unable to separate yourself from this. Maybe you're somebody who is a, um, of a race who, and you've experienced racism and uh, this is a really difficult topic for you. We want to stand with you. We want to say that we uh, really value you in our church family and we want uh, to... to uh, much more meaningfully engage in this topic. And so there's much for us to pray for personally, and I would love for us to do that in a short time, uh, and also for us to grow in this as a church family, that we would really land this well. I want to read some verses uh, from Ephesians, just talking about what Jesus did through his death and resurrection on the cross, just to help us bring us some context as we pray now. It says of Jesus, uh, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's saying that Jesus' death and resurrection has achieved something for uh, all of us who were far away from him. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one 
and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. This is talking about the, the hostility between Jews and Gentiles. Um, but this is true, that all areas of hostility are broken down as we come before Jesus and realise that we have all sinned and fallen short of him and we are in need of his grace and uh, the hope that is found only in him. And that hope is one that unifies us. That hope is one that, that draws us to an eternal existence with him where every tribe, every nation, every tongue will be gathered around uh, this King Jesus, celebrating his victory on the cross that he has won us over sin and death. Why don't we spend some time now praying and asking for God's help in this season that we might grow and engage in this subject. Oh, Father, we want to come to you and ask you, Father, that you will help us in this in this subject. Lord, help us, teach us how to how to do this. We we don't know how to do this, but you know, Father, and and we pray that you will teach us. I pray, Lord, that you will take down those walls that are between us, between us and other people, Lord. That you will show us, Holy Spirit, where we put up walls. Will you take us on a journey that you will show us these things and help us to take these walls down? Father, our heart is longing for that unity, Lord, what Sam was saying, that, that picture of Peterborough City Centre and the picture of Life Church. Father, will you, we speak this into being, Lord, that that will be the case, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for not looking at it, for shrugging our shoulders. Help us to, to look for you, to ask you, Father, what is your heart in this? Because we want to listen to your voice only, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that you will be the cornerstone in our church while we build our, our church and our lives upon, Lord. It's only you, Jesus, and it's centered around you. And we pray for unity in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that you've been doing amazing stuff. You've been giving us peace. Father, you've brought healing and uh, you've brought a real challenge as well. And we want to accept that challenge. Father, we want to take this with us in the week. And will you teach us this week? Will you guide us this week? Will you help us to go after you this week? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've been so blessed by this morning and I thought Sam did such a fantastic job just explaining it to us. And why don't you get hold of a copy of the book and, and read the book? I think that that's going to be really helpful for us to understand.